Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, world, and welcome back to Grid Iron Campbell, the only podcast that puts its money where its mouth is, I'm your host, Rich Ryan, and although I'm only joined by one member of the collective, the resident moose himself, Mo Nuwara, god damn it am I happy to be talking about some football here on the precipice of the 2023 NFL season. Shouts to Donnie Peters, father of a newborn son. Congrats to him and Dana, all the health and happiness to them with their newborn out in the desert. I don't know what to say about Brett. He's just pushing papers in Buffalo, too busy to to join us, even though it's well in the evening here on a Tuesday evening, August 8th. So Mo and I are flying solo, and we're going to be looking at AFC Team Futures and taking a look back at our very, very early futures that we dished out in May. Before we get into things, if you are watching this on YouTube Hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. This is the first video ever posted uh, to the Gridiron Gamble YouTube channel. So welcome. If you're listening and you're not on a podcatcher and you're not subscribed, go ahead and do that as well. Wherever you listen, Apple, Spotify, anywhere that podcasts are available. Mo, you you and me, kiddo. We're the ones doing all the heavy lifting here. It's sad, but also a little bit predictable, especially given the way certain people have been acting with regards to the group chat and the way (laughs) certain people have acted basically for multiple years now (laughs) when it comes to gridiron gamble. The two hustlers are going to hustle away. Well, I'm playing hurt. Look at me playing hurt. Whoa, what happened, buddy? Kinetic tape on for the listeners. Yeah. For the listeners. Moe's got the the medic tape on his left shoulder. What happened, bud? I think I heard it lifting. I thought I might need surgery, but good news. No surgery. Just getting some PT on it, and hopefully we'll be back in in action soon with regard to, you know, anything moderately athletic. As athletic as I can be nowadays. It's bad, but... Putting putting uh, that Katina healthcare plan to work. Oh, we need to get some value out of it. It's good for the record, people. It's quality. Yeah. I heard all the good things about Katina Media, the little get-together in San Diego. You know, people are, people are living right in the Katina Media empire. Before we get into the futures that we fired off in May, which 
I'll tell you guys, if you listen and tail to some of the, some of those, you're going to be happy um, here in August. Let's talk about our teams, Mo. I, I Neither of us have bets to tout about either of them, although I think there is an angle that you might be able to attack the Jets at. Uh, but let's talk about your beloved Kansas City Chiefs. The most important thing that happened last year, other than obviously Mahomes staying upright and being able to battle through that ankle injury in the playoffs, was the progression of the defense in the second half, getting the rookies experience, getting their lumps out of the way, and they peaked at the right time in the playoffs. Coming into the 2023 season, I don't think many people are looking at the Chiefs as hard as they should because it's just ho-hum the Mahomes team. But this defense is generally scary, which makes the Chiefs even scarier than normal. Been telling people for a couple months now, watch out for this Chiefs defense. It could be top five if things go right. I mean, it won't be in things like yards, even like yards per play probably because they'll have some leads, um, you know, points, anything like that won't look that, that impressive, but this could be a very good defense. I think top 10 is honestly a fair expectation for them. I'm really excited for this secondary. It was so young last year and performed honestly so much better than it should have. And then if Karloftis improves, like he wasn't that impressive last year. He was just okay. But if he improves and that first round edge, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name, Felix something. If, if he and Karloftis bring some more pass rushing juice off the edge, which, which has been a big, big weak point for the chiefs defense the last couple of years, um, it could be a really good defense. All of it is kind of predicated on Chris Jones coming back into the fold. That's kind of the major thing that could sink everything. <laughs> but like, then I'm just like, not even sure it's a top half defense. That's how good he is. But, um, yeah, I'm really excited for this defense. I'm way more excited for this chiefs defense than any chiefs defense that I can think of in the last like 10 plus years. I think they have real potential. Trent McDuffie is going to be great. I think that guy is going to be great. Felix Anuduki Uzoma, the pride of Kansas State. Mo, how many stars for something Felix Anudiki Uzoma? I'm going to say two star for him. Nailed it. Nailed it. He nails it every single time. 5.4 two star, according to our friends at rivals. All right. I guess I'll talk about my beloved J E T. And of course there is unbridled optimism around this team because of Aaron Rodgers. And we went back and forth a couple of months ago with regards to the range of outcomes on this team. And I think they were at the time, I should say, I thought they were a little wider than I do now in that I thought the downside risk for the Jets was a little bit scarier than I think I do now, just because I really think this defense, I think the floor for this defense, barring catastrophic injury, is like top 10 as a floor. Because in a lot of metrics that tend to regress, the Jets were awful last year. And I'll couch all of this by saying they were the healthiest defense in the league, which also tends to regress 
which means they will likely get some injuries that will affect them in the 2023 season. But here's some other things that are surely to regress. One, because the offense just has to be better. It can't be the bottom three unit that it was last year with Rodgers under center. And just randomness is going to help regress these as well. They were 31st in EPA gained off takeaways. So they were top five in very meaningful defensive metrics without generating turnovers. What happens when an oblong object bounces their way? or a tipped pass actually falls into somebody's gullet instead of touching the turf. 30th in starting field position on defense. That obviously will hopefully improve with this offense. And then another underlying thing, Braden Mann was a bottom five punter in the league, now replaced by Thomas Morstead. And I know Brett's ears are bleeding, but just going from the worst punter ever to a guy that can actually punt a football. Thomas Morse. Isn't he ancient? He's ancient, but I mean, the guy can kick an oblong object. It's really all that matters. And then 27th in average lead in starting defensive drives. Every defensive drive, or I shouldn't say every, on average, when the defense started a drive, they were trailing by 1.45 points. Only 12 teams started defensive drives, averaging a deficit in the season. So, and they still finished top five in basically every meaningful metric. Uh, And then the cherry on top, I think, of all of this is they were ninth in um, pressure rate last year while being dead last in blitz rate. And I don't think that this edge group scratched their potential last year. Lawson was coming off the Achilles. Jermaine Johnson was a rookie. Those two guys, they both get a year to get healthier. For Johnson, get more acquitted, uh, adjusted, excuse me, to the NFL. I think this edge group can take a step forward. And if it does, Mo, in the range of outcomes, there's like generational, I think, outputs for this Jets defense. Yeah, I really like this defense. Uh, I really liked them last year. And I'm with you. I don't have any major concerns other than maybe off-ball linebacker looks a little weak. But if you're going to have a weakness, that's obviously the one to have. And it might um, as well be a psycho-athletic guy, too. Like, yeah, Quincy's going to make some massive mistakes because he doesn't have it between the ears. But he's a psycho and uber-athletic and can make up for a lot of his mistakes just out of pure athleticism. And I'm always like one thing that I've just been really kind of zoning in on the last couple of years is looking at some of these teams depth um, just because it's football and injuries will happen. Um, I think the Jets have pretty solid depth. Some corners who are okay uh, and safeties, Adrian Amos, like these guys are going to be fine if there's injuries ahead of them. Uh, Same thing uh, on the defensive line as well. So, so many bodies up front. I I think the Jets, like you said, the floor is pretty high for this team. Um, My concerns with the Jets are definitely on the other side of the ball. It's just funny to listen to us, though. Listen to us touting our team's defenses and after year after year where we keep saying passing offense, passing offense, passing (laughs) offense. Well, the Jets, the Jets offense is just a huge question mark. You've got. Nate Hackett, a guy who truly hasn't called plays since like, I mean, I guess last year he obviously called plays for Denver, but in a not, 
he had so much head coaching duties going on last year that that probably I mean he was just all he's a complete train wreck. The last time that he was just a dedicated offensive coordinator, I I don't think was even Green Bay because Matt Lafleur was so a part of that offense. It, you probably have to go back to Jacksonville. So what is a Hackett offense? What does Aaron Rodgers look like? You know, coming off of the worst year of his career, obviously the thumb injury had negative impact on that. The Jets playing offensive line Tetris especially at right tackle. What does Mekhi Becton look like? And and I think that the O-line, it might be serviceable just because it has a lot of depth. Like, I'd rather have a bunch of mediocre to eh players than have an absolute turnstile out there. And they're just going to have a quick hook if, you know, Max Mitchell or Turner is not good at right tackle. Like, they're just going to have a quick hook and go to the next guy. And they can always pop uh, Elijah Vera Tucker out to tackle in, in case of emergency and just stick Schweitzer or somebody uh, in the middle. So I'm fascinated to see what this offense is. In terms of bets, I think the only thing that's interesting for the Jets is to maybe wait and see what the market looks like after week six because they start four of their first six games are against the Bills, Cowboys, Chiefs, and Eagles. So there could be a world where they're two and four and, uh, but don't look like a two and four team and you might get a depressed value at to make the playoffs, for example, where the markets right now, I mean, so many people are so optimistic about the jets. You're just not going to find a good number in any futures market. So I think the only way to attack this team uh, is to wait for perhaps a slow start and then maybe snag them after week six against the Eagles. Yeah. I don't think I'm excited about a single part of this jets offense, to be honest with you. I think Everything looks a little bit suspect to me. Um, I don't trust the offensive line. It's an offensive coordinator I really don't trust, like you said. I think sneaky kind of below average group of pass catchers as well. Um, Just some warm bodies that Rodgers brought in, whatever. Wilson is obviously great. I thought it was, I thought he was a layup pick for offensive rookie last year and was very impressed with him and was surprised that, People didn't think so, I guess, like that. He never really was running Brock away with Purdy, it baby. in the markets. Remember the Brock um, Purdy I thought theme? he should be. Uh, <laughs> but other than that, I don't think there's a single player who's like above par really here. Really rough at tight end. Pretty bad at receiver outside of Wilson, who, who could be a superstar. I mean, you know, I should say that, but... It's not it's not an impressive group at really any position other than quarterback if Rodgers goes back to 2020 Rodgers. All right, I teased it earlier. So we gave 11 futures out for the AFC back in May. Seven of them have moved in our direction and the other four have stayed neutral. So here's the ones that have moved in our favor. Brett and I both like Raiders under six and a half. At the time, you were getting plus money, plus 118. It is moved to minus 138. I think that was our best uh, click of the spring. Brett also had Raiders fewest wins at plus 1,200. That's now plus 1,000. So good value there. Yeah, that Raiders under got steamed harder than any win total, I think, so far. People (laughs) are very excited to slam the under on that. Yeah. Brett and I both had the Browns AFC North. That was plus 435. It's now plus 400. Brett also had Browns Super Bowl at plus 4,000. That's down to plus 3,500. Brett had Texans over six and a half. That's gone down a smidge from plus 125 to plus 115. 
Mo had the Jags to win the AFC South at minus 150. That's gone up a smidge at minus 155. And then Donnie's Bengals Super Bowl, plus 1,200. That's actually gone down a little bit to plus 1,100. Probably most notably about the Joe Burrow injury, which I think leads us into our discussion about the AFC North, in which both you and I are very bullish on those Cleveland Browns. I think even at the new prices that I just listed, plus 400 to win the division, plus 3,500 to win the Super Bowl, they are very intriguing. We talked about it in the spring. They have the fifth, they have the fifth best rest advantage coming into the season. Last year, they did not perform to their estimated wins. 9.4 was that number. They only won uh, seven games. And then just some great offseason acquisitions. Elijah Moore, Zadarius Smith. They drafted Cedric Tillman, who obviously it's the Hall of Fame game. But the guy, he just looked like a pro. It's one of those things where I'm not... My my analysis on somebody is not going to change violently based on performance in preseason, much less the Hall of Fame game, but he just looked smooth. He was finding holes in soft zones. He just looked like he had a brain between his ears, which is good to see. And then they sign Juan Thornhill, Rodney McLeod, and bring in a very well-known commodity, a defensive coordinator in Jim Schwartz to shore up a defense that has a ton of talent that just didn't perform last year as the head coach of the Browns. During that period, Stefanski has led the ninth best offense per EPA with a group of quarterbacks, including Deshaun Watson last year, that has not played very well. So he has gotten every ounce possible out of what's been given to him. And then you look at this Joe Burrow injury. Is this thing going to linger? We've got Jamar Chase saying he should take 10 weeks, take the first month of the season off. Is this a real thing? Like, I don't know. Obviously, the biggest bet here, Mo, is on Deshaun Watson. Does Deshaun Watson return to form or at least a form that resembles what we saw when he was one of the best quarterbacks in the league in Houston? If that's the case, then we should be looking at any kind of alternates, big markets, long futures on Cleveland because they could be an extremely dangerous team this year. Yeah, this team, I wasn't too sure how you guys were excited about them, mainly because I just can't get... Deshaun Watson's absolutely atrocious play out of my head. Like I watched the Browns multiple times last year and he looked abysmal, but I mean, he has to be better. Right. And I do like taking longer shots with this team because I just like, I don't think the way to play this team is going to be something like over season wins, even if you like them, because it's just, if Watson is very good or even just pretty good, this team should be great or borderline great. I mean, I don't love their depth, but this front office has built an amazing group of starters on both sides of the ball. Wide receiver was a problem last year, but like you said, bring in Cedric Tillman, fairly high in the draft, bring in Elijah Moore, who was I don't know how you feel about him, but I guess he was, you know, considered to have some talent and and damaged goods after basically falling out with the front office. Yeah, it we was don't just really burned, know what he is. It was just burned bridge AF. Like the Jets were on their biggest winning streak in six years, and he complained about not getting targeted, and that was that was it. It was over. The well was soured, and there was just no coming back from it. As a player. Elijah has done some great things in a very bad offense. And as a third option, 
something that got me really excited is there was a practice snap from yesterday, albeit one snap, where they lined him up in the backfield, which, you know, in a in a third down and short situation where all of a sudden you've got a backer trying to cover Elijah Moore, that's really troublesome. I think the kid's talented, and I think he's a good fit, especially if he can play inside only in this offense. And Njoku, they have a solid tight end. This is a solid group of pass catchers, obviously an elite running back and an elite offensive line. So they're they're just missing the quarterback here. And and like you said, the defense, I mean, dude, they have an elite level of talent on that defense. Last year, they couldn't stop a straight-ahead run. Okay, well, there's still great players across the board here. Basically, besides interior defensive tackle, that's like the only spot that looks a little bit weak but i'm hoping a scheme change can just fix this i mean like you said they brought in schwartz who he should be an upgrade and the coaching prior to this season i think was god awful i mean there's just no way a defense with these players should have been near as bad as they were i i don't care if you're a little bit soft against the run like you should be able to be locking up people's passing games. It wasn't happening. Um, and yeah, everything is just in place really across this roster. I, I also am looking at another bet that I threw you. It's kind of a crazy one, but this one could be in play one way or the other. So that's kind of the nice thing, regardless of what Deshaun does. But kind of like I found this weird one. Fewest points conceded on DraftKings plus 2000. Love it. <laughs> I mean, why can't they just be really good with a decent coordinator here? I was also looking across. They have a pretty soft slate of quarterbacks that they face. So that helps them. Only truly scary one is Joe Burrow. Maybe Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers say, if they port it back we, to we their have to add, we have selves. To, we have to add Lamar. Regular season Lamar is is a is a beast. If they poured it back to 2020, those guys are very good. We don't know what they're going to look like. It's a it's a cold weather team that's playing a ton of outdoor games, you know, especially, you know, loaded with outdoor games. Most of them late in the season will be outdoors. They do only play 3 games indoors, so that should keep some of the scoring down. And like I said, just tons of talent on this defense. I don't see why the Browns don't have a better than 5% shot to be the top defense in the NFL. I, I think they're, I think they've got a chance. The other return bet that we'll discuss is the Raiders, man. I still think there's value on Raiders worst record at plus 1000. You also like to fire alts. You like alt under either four and a half at plus 350 or under five and a half at plus 180. Second toughest schedule per Vegas win totals. Sean Payton's in the division now. That's a way different story than my guy Hackett at head coach. They've got the ninth worst, ninth worst rest disadvantage. Last year, they were third in net EPA on fumbles. So that's due to regress. Jimmy G, as you put it in the May podcast, probably in the 90th percentile for injury chance at the quarterback position. And then does Josh Jacobs matter? Does he matter? I mean... This offense was pretty putrid last year, but this guy still found a way to like run for 80-yard touchdowns with people hanging on him and make it happen. So Josh Jacobs might matter, and that's just kind of the cherry on top of a suspect roster that 
has just continued to miss in the draft. A very bad head coach in Josh McDaniel. Shaky quarterback play. A very tough division. Obviously, like I said, an insanely tough schedule. I mean, Caleb Williams, come on down. Vegas, baby. So that's one of the reasons I still like this. And I I think the value's probably been bet out of the Raiders season regular number because I just think they're yeah, most like I said likely at the top. scenario went from plus 120 to minus 138 yeah, it's like minus insane. 138 to get like <laughs> under six and a half now I, I just don't even think that's bettable I, I i think that that's probably their most like 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 they have enough offensive weapons that they should be in games but man yeah a few things i would add it just for one it seems like an awful culture is brewing there i mean nothing is even started and Devonte adams is already complaining yeah. The guy like, who's never complained, granted, he played with Rodgers and Green Bay forever, but this guy has never complained about anything ever. Josh McDaniels, like you said, is just a bad coach that they won't get rid of. A horrible secondary. And if Garoppolo does get hurt, they still haven't brought in a decent backup. Like, Brian Hoyer is 37. I respect that the man has had I a great career. I don't understand how they let level. Stidham walk. Like, isn't Stidham... New England pipeline guy? Like, how did they not keep Stidham? And he looked you listen good to against, me. You listen to this, though. Maybe Niners. this is the long game, though. Maybe this is the long game. Maybe they want a bad backup. Because that's the other thing I was going to say was final consideration for me and what really still makes me think this has value. And, and I don't know if Rich <clears throat> threw out the, the price here, but you can get alt under 4.5 plus 250 on DraftKings. I think the Raiders might be the number one tanking candidate down the stretch if they're not doing well. They don't have a franchise quarterback, and they benched a guy who put in great work for them for a decade in car. I mean, you know, like I just I don't think they're going to be scared to tank. And and yeah, like you said, some some prime quarterback opportunities in this draft for a team that maybe needs a franchise quarterback more than almost any other team right now because the rest of the roster is just pretty barren and aside from wide receiver, basically. So, yeah, I, I just think I think the Raiders could be tanking down the stretch. Some of the other teams that are in worst-case scenario as well might make the mistake of going to a veteran who actually gives them the chance to win. Like, if you look at Washington... If shit hits the fan with Sam Howell and they go to brisket, like that's not going to help your case trying to get the top pick. And I think you could say the same for Atlanta as well. If the Ritter experiment, you know, goes off the tracks, like we've seen Taylor Heineke go out there and sling it in these games. And I, I don't think those are the guys that you want at the helm. If you're trying to get the last pick, like, you know, you want something Hoyer out there who can't probably can't complete a forward pass now that he's, you know, nearing 40 years old and not the same kind type of 40 year old as, uh, as Aaron Rodgers or, or Tom Brady. With the lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, let's move to the AFC South, where 
you were on here. You were saying the Jags need to be minus 200. You were roar, 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 roar as loud as you could in favor of the Jags. No shot anybody else has a chance to win this division. And granted, you didn't give me a division winner, but you do like the Titans to hit over seven and a half at plus 110. And I'm kind of interested in, in Titans to win the AFC South at plus 350 and to make the playoffs at plus 210. My first bullet point, and this is something I learned from you many moons ago, Mo, when you're looking at these long-term season futures, is what's the first thing you look at? Is the coach good? And Vrabel, for as cowardly as he can be in high-leverage spots, specifically in the playoffs, the guy just keeps doing it. He keeps finding a way. When was get- the last time the Titans underachieved? That's right. Yeah. When when you were when the Titans punched themselves in the dick or left it on the field, left something to desire. Yeah, you just can't this is leader of this is Dan Campbell, uh Todd Bowles when he actually has a good roster and knows what's happening. This is, you know, elevating the floor. That's that's what Rabel's gonna do. They were the third most injured team in football last year, and specifically on defense. The their secondary defense, lost a million games. Their defense had 85 adjusted games lost per football outsiders. The next closest team was 59, and that was Dude, Buffalo. So, like, they were... They like, were an NFL st- team. Yeah, defense. if you just look at stats, you're like, oh, the Titans, they sucked at stopping the pass last year. They didn't do anything to fix that. They're no, but that's not what happened. Like they had bums out there. They had gym teachers, multiple gym teachers in the secondary. This is going to be completely different as long as they don't get hurt again. Um, like you said, Vrabel brings a very high floor. He gets this team to play over their talent level year after year. And, and I actually think this secondary has a lot of talent. I think this could be a really good defense. Uh, the front seven is still good. They, the back end, they still have an elite performer in Bayard. I like the Sean Murphy bunting edition. I always thought he was solid for Tampa and, and they've used a bunch of high draft picks on corners the last couple of years that haven't been able to stay on the field. If those guys can play and they can play decently, then this could be a very good defense. And then on offense, I'm, I don't, I can't believe I'm saying that I'm a little bit optimistic about Tennessee, but here I am. Uh, Mahomes light. Tannehill is pretty solid. Like he's going to play pretty <laughs> well. How bad can you be with a solid quarterback, Derek Henry and Nuck? How bad can you honestly be? Like that provides you a pretty high floor right there. I know that the offensive line stinks, but. That's just like waking up and rolling out of bed for Tannehill and Henry. They're used to this. This is every year. The offensive line is never good. So I don't see why their play would suddenly fall off a cliff. I think Tennessee could be decent. In a bad division with a pretty decent schedule, I think they've got a shot. I have I have over 7.5 plus 110 on DraftKings typed in here. That's what I sent to you, but I did put plus 350 AFC South question mark at the end. That's right. I, I don't know. I'm kind of intrigued by the Titans. Fourth best rest advantage in football this year. Ninth easiest schedule per Vegas win totals. And then on top of all, well, I want to make one more point about the Titans before I move to the Jags. The Titans had a chance this offseason to go into full tank mode, right? 
They had a chance to sell off Bayer. They had a chance to sell off Derrick Henry, but they didn't. And bringing in DeAndre Hopkins not only improves the offense from his output, but it makes life easier for Traylon Burks. Kid can still learn a little bit and doesn't have the pressure of being the number one target in an NFL offense. Chig Akonkwu flashed last year. Yeah, I was going to say that. This this group of pass catchers isn't terrible. Like, yeah, like if these guys stay athletic. upright, it's not terrible. And then, yeah, Jags regression. Second healthiest team in the, year, in the league last year. And you look at this offensive line. They're a couple injuries away from me being worried about Trevor Lawrence's health this year. Offensive line and secondary is kind of grimace emoji. It's... It's not looking great to me. I think it could be a bottom 5-0 line. The secondary is pretty weak, too. The safeties are trash. I don't know, man. I actually kind of have some questions with the Jags. It, it just, it just, You just wonder, like I said in the chat, how far does having by far the best quarterback and coach combo take you? I don't know. I, I think it's clear they should win the division, but... I think they could slide still too. I, I'm not. I'm not 100% sold on the Jags like I. I maybe was a while ago. I, I just think the Titans. The the Nuck ad is honestly pretty big given how weak the rest of their re- receivers were. And yeah, I think they could be right there with the Jags, man. I I, I think I, I really do. I don't really like the other two teams. I know Brett has some long shots on the <laughs> the Colts and the and the Texans and. But I'm I'm more interested in the Titans. Brett definitely all in on the Texans. This goes back to the point that we made last year with regards to Jacksonville and the decisions they made in the offseason last year. And what did we say? We said everybody's clowning on this team because the forward looking outlook of these contracts is probably not going to be great. But for this year, which was last year, excuse me. They had some adults in the room. They had some vets. They were going to be able to trot out NFL caliber players in a very weak division. They did so successfully and they won the division. But now it's a year later and all of a sudden Darius Williams and Christian Kirk are your two highest salaried players. And Foisidi Alukan, a middle linebacker, is your sixth highest salaried player. And these contracts are going to come home to roost. And... They don't have the type of depth that's going to be necessary to battle through a war of attrition. And if they get hit with the injury bug, I'm telling you, especially on this offensive line, things are going to get ugly real fast in Jacksonville. Tighten up, baby. Look look at us. Talking about the Tennessee Titans. All right, AFC East. We'll round it out where we kind of began with my fight in New York Jets. This seems like the value, Mo. I'm glad you brought it up. I think we need to have a discussion. Brett brought it up in the spring with regards to Super Bowl futures with the Bills. Everybody was super hyped last year. Now, all of a sudden, they are plus 900 to win the Super Bowl as opposed to being favorites last year at plus 500. And what has changed, really? They're going to be hopefully healthier on D this year. Missing Von Miller last year was absolutely crucial for this defense. They went and added Dalton Kincaid uh, to the offense. Not much really has changed other than some minor additions. And yet the market is so cool on this Bills team, Josh Allen specifically, because they lost one game in bad weather at home 
where their offensive line couldn't block anybody. After a traumatic experience where one of their players died on the field a couple weeks prior. Like, people are very sour on the Bills, and I don't understand why. I don't either. I I think it's a good time to buy the Bills. They were, it's like you said, this was a clear-cut, clear-cut Super Bowl favorite last year that didn't get appreciably worse. So you were kicking ass last year too. When I was looking at those uh, those lead average lead metrics, their defense on average started a drive with a seven point lead last year. I mean that's insanity. Yeah, the Bills were a great team. They were a great team on paper. They performed like a great team for a good chunk of the season. But one thing that happened last year was Josh Allen went into a rash of very weird turnovers. It kind of reminds me of Patrick Mahomes in 2021 when he just had that like down season where he committed some bizarre turnovers. And what happened the very next year? He wins MVP and bounces back to his old self. So I think coming off a year where we don't know how hurt he was, Maybe that played a role, you know, we don't know, but I think the most likely scenario is Josh Allen bounces back to QB two, which is where he, you would have been laughed out of a room if you suggested he was any lower than QB two going into last season. So now you're laughed out of the room. If you think he's better than Burrow, honestly, it's insane. I think it's like fairly obvious that he probably is, but that's just I maybe I'm too stuck on the best Josh Allen games I don't know I'm not as excited about this as I was a couple of months ago but I still think this roster is better set up than what the way Miami and New York built their teams because they built it around their passing offense and they won the division by four games last year I don't how did anybody get four games better and I just don't think they got much worse I mean yeah I have questions like this is not a perfect roster for sure the cornerbacks I think is the main thing and and, uh, injury question marks on defense between Von Miller and Tredavious White it's like what will those guys bring you know they're not super young anymore they're not even young and they're coming off you know uh, for Tredavious White, it's like he's not coming off an injury, but he looked like he was clearly a worse player last year after the injury the year before. And then Von Miller is coming off, I think, his second torn ACL. I don't know what he's got left, but there's still a fair amount of talent on this defense. It should be a pretty solid defense. They still have the best safety pairing in the NFL, I think. And a coaching staff that knows what they want to do, I think the Bills... Plus 130 is, I don't think it's as good as I thought a couple months ago, like I said, but I, I still think it's its fine. I, I think it's—I think it's got value. I don't think we can touch upon the AFC East without mentioning this team. Miami and the Dolphins, the greatest football team. I think they have a very wide range of outcomes. And like the Browns, if you're going to place a wager on the Dolphins, you might as well shoot for the moon. Because if there's a world where Tua stays upright for the entire season, this offense could be terrifying because we know how Mike McDaniel can cook things up. Hill post Mahomes was shocking last year, just how good he was. I mean, that guy is just a scheme breaker 
no matter you have to defend him every single week and then the space that he creates he's kind of like the Steph Curry of the NFL where just the space he creates on offense allows for such easy throws for Tua and somebody like Waddle is fills such a great complimentary role with Hill and now you've got I think a group of running backs that can actually catch the ball quite well out of the backfield. I'm pretty bullish on, on a chain. I think he could be a very special weapon out of the backfield. It's just that we put this, I put this in chat earlier today. This team feels like Rams East this year in that they are so reliant on their first line players. And one of the themes that we've hammered this entire podcast is the NFL is a sport of injuries. It is a war of attrition. You are going to need your backups. You are likely going to need your backups backups at some point. And the Dolphins just don't have the ranks to win a war of attrition. But when we do roll the dice and they do hit their high-end outputs, I think they're extremely high. But it's very much a hard pill to swallow because of the lack of depth on this team, though. Yeah, pass catcher specifically has me very concerned if there's any injuries. Like Tyreek Hill has been hit with nagging injuries at times as well in the past, and rule of best predictor of future injury is past injury. I know that he plays most of the time, but he has definitely been banged up in the past. And Jalen Waddle, like, yeah, they're great, and things are going to be great while they're on the field, but their backups are very, very bad. Um, Chosen. Yeah, something called Chosen is one of their backups. I mean, Cedric Wilson is, oh, I just, yeah, I don't know, man. This is not a good group of backups. I like that they have Mike White because they probably need the the backup quarterback more than any other yes. team, and Mike White is probably the best backup in the league. He's definitely top five. I'm concerned about the secondary, actually, though. Xavier Howard has declined pretty quickly. They have... I should say I'm concerned about the corners. The safeties look fine. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know about this cornerback group. So when Eli I, Apple off the street is the cavalry, <laughs> obviously like Vic Fangio maybe yeah, helps. That's, that's another thing that we should definitely bring up. Is here's that. another thing though about Vic though. He famously runs a pretty complicated system. And, and I don't know that we can guarantee it's going to gel with these players in year one. That's definitely fair. And the biggest thing in the room with the defense that we haven't even adjusted yet is the Jalen Ramsey injury. He's supposed to be out till December. And then when you come back from a knee injury, how quickly does it come back? And at that age, does it ever come back? So if you're looking at, like you said, if, if X continues to decline and then Ramsey comes back, not Ramsey on a bum knee and something Eli Apple is playing meaningful snaps, like things start to snowball very quickly. So Basically, what I'm saying is, if you want to place a wager on the Dolphins, if you're bullish on them, be bullish on them. Fire 2,500 to 1, hope that they win the Super Bowl. Uh, I think I mentioned on the last pod, I don't know what the updated odds were. I think Tua was plus 2,000 to win MVP, which didn't align with his leading the yard, leading the league in passing. It was like plus 1,200. Like, if you're bullish on the Dolphins, blast away. If you're bearish on the Dolphins, I think you can blast away as well and look at some of these alt-unders because like the Rams last year, their negative range of outcomes are a lot hellish than, than people realize. 
And you can get a solid divisional price as well. Clear cut third in the market behind New York Jets. Yeah, um, the Jets hype. The Jets hype definitely elevates. Yeah, uh, that I don't price. know if that's fair. I, I think I view these teams as pretty close at their high ends. Um, I, the Dolphins still have a lot of talent on defense. Like with Fangio, if things gel. This could be a very good defense, but uh, I do see a pretty significant downside, especially if there's injuries on their offense. Any injuries to their pass catching group was going to really really hurt this team more than most teams something river craycraft wr2 <laughs> and that's the afc are there any teams you didn't you didn't add any other bats but are there any teams anything that's been piquing your interest you look like you're you're ready to talk about something one more if you want to back up to the afc south i didn't get a chance to talk about i know brett is going to be upset at oh me, yeah your but- colts bet i forgot to mention this I bearish think, on my guy AR. I think the Colts could be terrible. I didn't realize <laughs> this secondary was in this rough of shape. I was looking over their roster. Whew, this might be one of the worst secondaries in the NFL. I, I mean, Stefan Gilmore was old and declining, yes, but he was still rock solid for them last year. And they ship him out for a fifth rounder, I think it was. This team, to me, looks like it has a really low floor. I mean, obviously, we don't have the tanking factor here because they hope they already have their franchise quarterback. But when you combine a rookie head coach here with a raw quarterback who doesn't have an especially good situation, I mean, their O-line has gone from, like, elite to just, like, solid in a hurry. And It's actually sad to see Nelson and Kelly play this poorly. Like they were so dominant. Yeah, and at at the beginning, and the weapons are trash. They were trash last year, and they're still trash. I mean, tight end is a disaster. There, the wide receivers stink outside of Michael Pittman, and their most explosive playmaker doesn't want to show up and play. So if they had a good defense, this would be maybe a different story. They could win some rock fights with some quarterback rushing. You know, he moves the chains. They score 17 points and try to win. I don't think that's going to work. They play in a dome for one thing, and they have a bad secondary. So I think opposing passing offenses are going to feast on this team. And if Anthony Richardson is down in must-pass situations, I don't think it's going to go well when he's got a pretty mediocre supporting cast around him and a head coach, I don't know anything about really. I don't know if we can say that he's good or bad. Like he's a rookie head coach. So there's a low floor here. I just think, yeah, the Colts could very well be a four or five win team. So I I know that they play in the AFC South, so they get some, a lot of winnable games actually, but so many coin flips and if the coin flips if variance doesn't go their way injuries don't go their way anything doesn't go their way i think this could be a four-win team in a hurry so i like the big plus money on the colts to be very bad this year yeah it's the the, the easiest analysis that you can make right is the shane Steichen and jalen hurts connection and you can be bullish perhaps on on anthony richardson but i don't think you can be bullish on this season as a passer even if you look at Jalen Hurts, who had to grow into what he was last year, there were some real bumps that first season. Remember in uh, in our Discord and group chat, one of our favorite bets that season was when the Eagles got out to a lead to just blast minus on the other side because that lead was likely to grow because Jalen Hurts in a negative script 
was terrifying. He was very bad uh, for the Eagles. So I like your point about them playing inside. It's a tra- if it's a track meet for the other offense, they're not going to be in a lot of situations where they can just chuck the ball downfield, both due to a lack of weapons and due to Anthony Richardson just perhaps not being ready to, to step into that role. I mean, Michael Pittman, that guy is a, a drag master, right? Like that guy <laughs> makes his hay four yards in the line of scrimmage. Yeah, like he's solid, but man, you definitely don't want him to be your WR1. I mean, he can be maybe if your other guys are all WR2s, but they stink. Alec Pierce, that dude is atrocious, okay? Something dueling. They're, they're going to need, um, who's the rookie kid, the small guy that they liked? Uh, is it Josh Downs? That yeah, that guy's yeah. like a punt returner, I think, pretty much. I mean, I don't, he's like 5'9 or something, I think. Well, I think his tape was kind of outrageous, though. Yeah, he's the Carolina kid. Yeah, he. Uh, they're very bullish on him uh, as a target. But again, rookie, small stature. The interesting thing that you bring up, though, is, I mean, they've got no incentive to lose. I mean, last year they had every incentive in the world to put out Jeff Sunday and make a mockery of the National Football League and try to lose some games. Uh, But now that they have their quote-unquote franchise quarterback, they shouldn't be in a position to lose these games. And they've got this awful division. But this makes me even more bullish on the Titans, I think. Uh, They're like the Saints of the AFC. I feel like they're the only adult in their division. Even the Jags still wet behind the ears. But like you said, you know, Peterson and Lawrence, how, how far can a good QB coach combo take you? And like when I initially was looking at the Jags, I'm like, oh yeah, solid group of receivers at Calvin Ridley. This is a great group. But then I just remember every single time in recent memory that somebody has like sat out a season of football They've basically sucked after that. Like nobody has came back and just been great again, pretty much. Like it's just not happening. Josh Gordon, um, you know, Deshaun Watson, like guys are coming back and struggling. Yeah. They just don't have the juice that your body. That's why it sounds so stupid when these coaches talk about it, but why something like padded practice is so important because your body just needs to get hit and fall to the ground and just prepare. There's, there's certain things you just can't simulate in shorts and t-shirt or with a trainer in a gym uh, when it comes to pro football. And you just got to be out there running at full speed, getting hit, getting up and testing out those muscles that are necessary to get you in game shape. And yeah, all the people that are super bullish on Calvin Ridley, I, I think, uh, I think they have to pump the brakes a little bit too because it's a whole new world when you step out there and uh, it's pro football all over again. AFC in the books. NFC next week. Don't know who's going to join us, Mo. I don't know if it. my back's starting to hurt a little bit from from carrying the load here on this week's episode. Maybe no cavalry coming. Maybe it's just you and me. Less than a month away from the season. That's fine. I'm enjoying this, like you said. It's your, good your to chefs, dive back in. I'm having fun. Your chefs open up against a team we might talk about next week, a team that is extremely overhyped. I'm so mad. The Detroit Lions. Ben Johnson, one of my favorites, man. I think that team's going to be really good, but the futures markets are just so dusty for them. Everyone's absolutely in love with this team. But until then, 
He's Monoara at Monoara on Twitter. N U W A R A H. I'm at Rich T Ryan. We'll be back in your ears next week. Peace.